We're going to sell sunglasses on the beach. Um, we're going to hunt alligators. And I forgot what the other thing we were going to do in Florida is, but exactly, that's all that you really need to know. Because <laughs> the moment I start hunting alligators, it doesn't matter. <laughs> My life's over. So <laughs> honestly, don't mess with alligators, to be honest. Don't mess with them. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Welcome back to the Indiana Daily Student Football Podcast, your home for all the latest and greatest IU football coverage. Cameron Drummond, the IDS IU football columnist, coming to you from inside beautiful Franklin Hall, along with Murphy Wheeler and Sean Mintert, our two IDS IU football beat reporters. We are going to get you all set for IU's opening game of the 2018 season. Hoosiers going to Florida International to take on the Golden Panthers. Saturday night kickoff, we will all incredibly be in attendance because we are all also incredibly driving from Bloomington, Indiana to Miami, Florida over the course of the next couple of days. More on that to come over the course of the next 40 or so minutes as we get you set for the first game of the 2018 season. But just to start out with, Murphy, Sean, how are we doing today? Doing great. Cannot wait to drive my car to Miami, which is awesome. I probably have to get a new car when I get back because the thing, the thing already has 105,000 miles on it. That's so, a lot. Um, well, I'm concerned now. I think maybe this may not be a safe option. We should maybe fly there. Is it too late? No, it's it's far too late. It's far too late? Oh, so, no. That's unfortunate. We're stuck. Sean, how about you? How are you doing today? Oh, I'm having a fantastic day. It's a beautiful day here it's in Bloomington, a beautiful, Indiana. It's always a beautiful day in Bloomington, Indiana. I think it's raining right now, so good. That was kind of a lie. Well, the sunshine in the commons there in Franklin Hall through the skylight, which lets you see outside, would perhaps tell you otherwise. Uh, if th- I mean, that shouldn't be anything new to you. If you've met Murphy and I before on our first podcast of the season back in early August when we broke down, you know, kind of the start of IU's fall camp, you should know that Murphy's not necessarily the brightest individual, oh. but <laughs> he makes up for it with uh, tremendous hard work and workmanship. So you've met hard us. Hard work. Okay. You've met us a little bit. Um, Dedication. Sh- all right, then. That's that's enough out of you. This is Sean's Grit. first appearance on <laughs> Sean's first appearance on the podcast, and so before we get really too into the nitty gritty of the X's and O's and what to expect here in Miami, Sean, you want to maybe tell the people a bit about yourself and how you came to be here. I would love to do nothing more than that. Thank um, you, sir, for that just rousing introduction. But, yeah, um, yeah, but I'm a junior from West Lafayette, Indiana, home of the Purdue Boilermakers. Um, you know, I'll be I'll be tag team in the coverage with Murphy. Uh, this season, and whoa, I whoa, can't whoa, wait to whoa, get to whoa, Miami. Whoa. whoa, we just skipped over an important <laughs> member of the beat here. You think the columnist maybe well, does some work? We too? are yeah, the reporters, no. though. No, yeah, we're That's, the reporters. Okay, yeah. so so well, we're happy to have Sean on the beat again. This will be the trio that I'll be working with everyone so far this season. And uh, you know, you just want to kind of jump into it. The last time we did a podcast, we talked about IU's situation in terms of not having. You know, fall camp to start, didn't have starters established any position. We've had that resolved now, though, guys. We have a quarterback, and it's Peyton Ramsey. Yeah, but uh, a lot has happened since then. A lot a lot has happened since they named the starter, actually. Um, you want to start with the starter, and then we'll build on the more sure, information. Sure, let's, let's go ahead before and do get, that. This has been a wild past couple of weeks of IU football yeah, coverage. And actually, it's like when you put it all together, all the big news that happened, I mean, it was maybe like one week that it all kind of went down. Um, but, yes, they named Peyton Ramsey the starter. Um I was a little surprised by it, to be honest. I thought it was going to be Brandon Dawkins just because I figured they bring in a graduate transfer like that. I figured they would have some kind of plan set up for him. Um, but Ramsey, Ramsey beat him out for the job. We went to a few open practices. He did look like he won the job. I mean, he, he is a competitor. Tom Allen has said that multiple times. He is a really competitive guy. Um, so, I mean, it's not a total surprise that he wanted. I think it would have been more surprising if somebody like uh, Michael Penix Jr. won the job, but 
I, I don't know. It, it seems like a kind of a safe pick, but maybe not. I don't know. I think Ramsey has gotten a lot better. He has improved in a lot of ways, so maybe we'll see something this year. Yeah, uh, you know, you mentioned it's a safe pick. I, th- I think it is a safe pick um, just because, you know, he has the the experience running the offense. And, you know, the coaches sort of knew what they are getting into when they picked Peyton Ramsey to be the starter. And, you know, we heard Tom Allen talk about how, you know, he'd been in the weight room working on his arm strength. And that was, you know, probably the biggest uh, question mark about him going into this year is, you know, his ability to really throw the ball downfield and stretch out a secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's from from reports coming out of practice, it sounds like, you know, he's at least improving. I, I wouldn't, you know, say he's on the road to being elite or anything in, in that respect. But, um, you know, we heard about Dawkins' accuracy issues, and I guess, you know, that surfaced again in camp. So, um, and yeah, Penix looks like he's solidified the backup role. But I think Ramsey... He might have been the safe pick, but that doesn't make him the wrong pick either. Right. So just recently we get the announcement that Peyton Ramsey is named IU starter, and then maybe a week after that, Brandon Dawkins just this past uh, Monday mm-hmm. left the program. Tom Allen announced reports came out, and Tom Allen mentioned he just wanted to go maybe in a different direction in life or you know, just didn't want didn't see himself fitting in. You know, Obviously, as a graduate transfer, you probably go to a, another school if you're finally wanting to play, and he was going to be third on the depth chart behind uh, Peyton Ramsey and Michael Penix Jr. So Dawkins is out of the picture, and with that goes you know any kind of wildcat or random offensive packages that IU may have drawn up for him. Uh, is that any kind of a loss, do you guys think, to the offense, not having Brandon Dawkins at least available in that capacity? I would say no, because you know you talked about the wildcat packages and stuff. You can still get that with Reese Taylor, who moved back to the quarterback position yeah. after the departure of Dawkins. Right, he's now the QB. Three. So I think you know anything you wanted to run with Dawkins, you could probably do the same thing with Taylor. So I think you know it's it really is kind of a moot point um, considering Ramsey or not Ramsey Reese Taylor. Uh, brings a lot of those same abilities with his with his running ability. We saw it at, at Ben Davis when he was in high school and won Mr. Football. Um, he brings a lot of those same qualities to the table. Right. And I think you can maybe even in some aspects do more with Taylor than you could with Dawkins in that situation. I know Taylor's probably like maybe a better receiving option if they want to try something there. Um, now, I will say Dawkins was probably the more dangerous um, runner of the two just because – Dawkins was a big guy. I mean, we're talking about a guy. Was a unit. He was he was a unit. He was six three, six four. Um, he was hard to bring down. Um, and I think that's something that um, when we went to open practice, we didn't get to see a lot of, just because they were live except for the quarterback, and we just didn't get to see a lot of him actually running. Whenever he would run, they would just you know maybe tap him on the back and say that was a tackle. Right, they're not trying to get anyone hurt. You so know? I think maybe he's a kind of guy that could maybe truck some people. Um, whereas Taylor is a little small. Actually, he's a lot smaller. He's, yeah. what, 5'10", 5'11"? Yeah, he's pretty undersized even by kind of, you know, mobile high school quarterback standards. Right. And I don't I, – honestly, I don't think we're going to see a lot of Taylor in the traditional quarterback role this year just because I think that will be mostly Ramsey and some of Penix Jr. Um, so I don't think they really lost anything. If Peyton Ramsey won the job, then what Dawkins brought to the table really wasn't um, – you know, that big of deal anymore. Right. And so that's the IU quarterback situation. Ramsey one, Penix two, Reese Taylor three. Do you guys think that we're going to see Michael Penix Jr. in action Saturday night in Miami? I think we will. Um, I think at least a few snaps here and there, a few drive, maybe even a drive somewhere along the way. Um, just because he is a talented guy, 
Um, and if they want to maybe – I don't think they'll do it now that Dawkins is gone, but if they did want to use a red shirt on him, which I don't think they will do now, but they have four games to decide if they want to do that or not. And so I would use those up, obviously, um, whenever you can. And I, I think he is just talented enough that I think that we will see him at some point. And I think Allen has even hinted at that a few times. Yeah, he mentioned that, you know, I think – well, and that was when Dawkins was still on the team that he mentioned. He actually said all three quarterbacks would probably see some some game time. Um, and, yeah, like Murphy said, you know, with the new redshirt rule, it, it'd be stupid not to at least give him – you know, a few series out there just to right. see, just to see what you have in a game situation. Um, so yeah, I think I think we probably will see him on on Saturday night. Um, and I I really don't I don't know about him like threatening the starting position or anything. Uh, he'd really have to show a lot I think to take it away from Ramsey, but he'll he'll definitely see some limited action. I think if he does threaten for that starting job, it's not going to be now. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's going to be yeah. way later in the season. I think it, I think it probably more have to do with Ramsey regressing or getting hurt or something rather than Penix actually like right. ascending to that role. I mean, he is the guy of the future, but the future may not be four or five weeks from now. Right. So that's the IU quarterback situation sorted out, and the IU running back Somewhat. situation is. Uh, not quite as clear-cut because we have Morgan Ellison, IU's returning starter from last season, under indefinite suspension. We're not sure why. Tom Allen, Fred Glass both have not offered comments <laughs> towards why the suspension was put in place, how long it may go, or a timetable for it to be resolved. So with that being the case, we have Cole Guest listed on the depth chart as IU's starting running back, Mike Majette as his backup, and there's really a whole stable of guys behind them as well, Ricky Brookins, Craig Nelson, uh, you know, a couple freshmen. you got Stevie Scott out of New York, Ronnie Walker Jr., the much-hyped-up four-star recruit from Hopewell, Virginia. So there's a real gaggle of guys just behind Cole Guest in that starting role. But I, you really don't know what you can get from this running back group now, right? Because Ellison was the guy. Right, yeah. I, I don't really think we'll just see a little bit of everybody. I think we were going to see that anyway. They have a lot of weapons in that group. Um, so everybody was going to get snaps, but Ellison was probably going to get the majority of them or at least the most, maybe not a majority, but he would get the most. And, you know, I don't think it's that big of a deal right now just because, yeah, Ellison's probably the most talented of the group, probably the most well-rounded of the group. But, they, like I said, they have other options. Cole Guest has obviously shown he's improved a lot since last year. Uh, Mike Majette's coming back from an injury. Um, he was impressive enough to earn the starting job last year or at the top of the depth chart, if I'm not um, mistaken. Yeah, he started that Ohio State game when they rushed for, like, two yards. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, also, Scott and Walker are probably going to see some snaps as freshmen. Um, I think you and I, Cameron, you and I were talking the other day that I think we're going to see some of Stevie Scott. Yeah, I'm really high on Stevie Scott. Yeah, I think we're going to see some of Stevie Scott this weekend just because he's a little bit closer to Ellison as a running back. Um, he's a big bruiser. He's a huge dude, um, and uh, he kind of resembles the kind of runner that Ellison is. So I think we'll see a little bit of everybody. Yeah, I think it is going to be you know just kind of a mixed bag of you know sort of just you know throw things at the problem until something fits and, and right. you get something that clicks because um, you know you can say that the loss of Morgan Ellison you know may not end up being a big deal, but he was their leading rusher by almost 300 yards. He had 50 more carries than Cole Guest last year. So I think I think he was the definite you know thoroughbred kind of guy that that you want back there. Um, you by, know, obviously, by, by, all, by all indications too, he had gotten even bigger and stronger mm-hmm. and faster over the off season too. Like I know Murphy, you talked to him at at Big Ten Media Day, and, yep. or sorry, IU Football Media Day, and he yep. was locked in there and everything. Oh yeah, no, he was really talking about how his speed has gotten better in the off season. Obviously, working with 
the new strength and conditioning coaches there in the IU program. So that was something a lot of people were noticing from him. So I don't know. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll just see what happens from here. But, yeah, I, you know, I think a lot of what the running game does this year isn't really going to be depending on who lines up behind Peyton Ramsey. It's going to be the guys in front of him on the offensive line that are going to decide yeah. whether or not the running game is really going to be uh, – any any kind of a threat this season you know it, it wasn't last year and we saw that manifest itself in a ton of sacks on Richard Lego and Peyton Ramsey and you know it's it's going to be up to the guys up front you know if they if they really want to move the ball on the ground right that sounds like an excellent segue to start talking about the offensive line IU gets what all five guys back even some backups as well they get the graduate transfer addition at center of Nick Linder from the University of Miami so I mean, regardless of who's going to be lining up in the backfield, IU up front looks a lot better this season than they did going into 2017. Yeah, I think they're way more experienced. And I think coaches are looking, IU's coaches are looking at that as one of their strengths heading into this season, the offensive line, which is completely flipped from last year. But they got a lot of talented guys there. I mean, Wes Martin, um, he's a hoss. Coy Cronk is, you know, he's been there a while. Also a unit. Brandon, They're all units. Brandon Knight. <laughs> um <laughs> Brandon Knight is coming off of an injury, I believe. And, you know, I think Nick Linder's going to be a guy that could really help yeah. this team. It's what him and Hunter Littlejohn at that center position right now. Right. Right now on the depth chart it says Hunter Littlejohn or Nick Linder is the starter. I think by the end of the year it's going to be Linder uh, more often than not just because I think not only is he going to bring experience, but he's going to bring leadership. I remember talking to coach, uh, the offensive line coach Darren Hiller during IU uh, Media Day earlier this offseason. And he was talking about how Nick Lenders just kind of fit in with that group. It's like he was here all along. Um, so I think he's a guy that we're going to see a lot of, and I think he's going to be a huge part of that offensive line. Yeah, um, you know, Linder does bring, you know, the experience, the leadership, but he also brings versatility. I know Hiller's discussed, you know, him playing, filling in at both yep. guard positions too. Um, and another guy that brings that versatility is Delroy Baker. I, I know mm -hmm. they were talking about him playing at guard and tackle. Um, you know, and, and he's an experienced backup, you know, in the event that Coy Cronk or, or Brandon Knight does go down, he's a guy that can step in there. So I think, I think depth, you know, they've got three or four guys that can step in behind the regular starters. I think that's a strength. And like you said, the experience, you know, they've all got another year. It was a rough year, yeah. uh, but they got a year under their belt. Um, and you know, that familiarity of working with each other, that that's going to be a good thing. Um, I would hope. Yeah, and, and if nothing else from that perspective, IU was beaten up so badly by injuries on the offensive line last year that they at least maybe know they have a better sense of who to plug where, like if the holes start, you know, leaking in the bottom of the canoe, how to, you know, stop the bleeding, especially before it comes into Big Ten play. But I think if the first three non-conference games, if IU's offensive line starts taking injury hits, then that, that could be a real concern, especially with, you know, kind of the still uncertainty we have at the uh, running or the feature running back and the quarterback positions. Is there, you know, just kind of, you know, trying to wrap up the offensive talk now, is there any, you know, specific thing you got, you guys are looking to in terms of, you know, the receiving positions or tight end, something that may be kind of a surprise for, for IU fans or just an interesting thing that you guys are thinking about for the receiving core that fans should look for in 2018? Uh, well, I'd say the main thing was the fact that Ty Freifogel beat out both Donovan Hale and, and Watt Fillier uh, That's a, that for, was the, a real for that surprise. third re receiver spot. Um, and, you know, if he's looked that good in practice, then that's just another guy that, that they can use next to – you know, Timmy and, and Nick Westbrook will be, you know, the featured guys, obviously. But, um, you know, if there's another guy that's really shown that, that he can handle, you know, the responsibility of a starting position, then, you know, that just that just gets one guy deeper. Um, 
And so that's only a good thing. Right. And, you know, I, we're going to see a lot of Fillier and Hale. We're going to see a lot of those guys. I think we'll even see some of Chris Gaychak, who's uh, listed underneath Fry Fogle there on the depth chart. So I think we're going to see a little bit of everybody there. And I think and during the press conference the other day, Tom Allen even said, like, hey, Timmy and Wap are still going to be on the field at the same time. It's not like it's either or at that position because um, I think Timian's listed above failure on the depth chart there. Another, But another kind of receiving position that I've been looking at uh, is the tight end position. Mm-hmm. And Peyton Hendershot uh, is at the top of the depth chart coming in. Is it, that's because Ryan Watercutter's hurt, right? Ryan Watercutter's hurt. That's kind of the only major injury they have right now on the roster, and I don't know what the timetable is for him. Um, but, yeah, Hendershot's on there. But, again, this is another – Another position that's going to be by committee. Hendershot's going to play a lot. Austin Doris, who has been with the program for a while but hasn't seen a lot of time, he's going to see a lot of time now, um, especially I think here in week one just because he's been really impressive uh, during fall camp and in the scrimmages during fall camp. And then they've got some young guys too. Matt Bjorson, they've said, is he's a freshman. He said they've uh, he's learned the playbook really well so far. T.J. Ivey's another guy, maybe even somebody like Sean Bonner. So they have a lot of guys there. Um, but I guess Hendershot was just maybe the most impressive out of that group this offseason. I'm not sure. I mean, it, it feels like it's almost another it's another year of transition for IU on offense just because they, they went through a transition from Nate Sudfold to Richard Lego. They went through Richard Lego and also had Peyton Ramsey mixed in in 2017. Now this year, Peyton Ramsey gets the job to start. And, I mean, for IU offense's sake, I hope no one gets hurt on the first play <laughs> of the season <laughs> like we've had with Simi Cobbs and uh, Westbrook. Nick Westbrook the past two years. And Nick Westbrook, I mean, obviously is the standout receiver as well. Right. Yeah, no, Westbrook will be interesting to watch just because it'll be interesting to see how he bounces back from that injury after literally having an entire season, basically, except for one play um, on the sidelines. So I think that's going to be interesting to watch just because he could be a huge weapon for them. I mean, just because he had a huge he had a huge season the the year before he got Mm -hmm. hurt. So, I mean, that's he could be the X factor for this team on offense. Yep, agreed. Yep, that's yep. Nick that's, Westbrook's good. You hear you heard it here first. Yeah, we're, believe it or not, we're the first ones to break that news, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's a look at what IU is going to look like, at least what we think they're going to look like on offense. Honestly, no real way to tell until they line up at a Ricardo Silva Stadium on Saturday night. And now to the IU defense, where there is just question mark after question mark of potential and you know, realization to be had because IU lost so much from the 2017 season. Guys like Dutra and Fant, Scales, Covington, Tony Fields, they're all gone, and all of a sudden you have a new crop of fresh faces looking to take over not only in the secondary, but also, of course, those two linebacker positions where IU lost both their starters in Covington and Scales. So for you guys, what is your big thing to watch for for the defense this year, and are there, you know, a couple guys at, you know, each of these key positions that IU is really going to need to lean on to, to take on that increased load this season? Well, I think they're going to end up leaning a lot on their secondary. It's the most it's the most experienced group. You know, you've got Jonathan Crawford back at safety. Ashawn Riggins is, is back at corner. Andre Brown uh, has has seen a solid amount of time at corner. Um, that that's a really uh, experienced group. And when you throw in Marcelino Ball, who you know had his injury problems last year, but he looked really good um, as a freshman. So when when he did play, but that secondary is going to be. The, the I think the standout group for this defense, um, especially in the first few weeks when, you know, you don't exactly have, you know, your front seven could look completely different when you get to Big Ten play. So 
I think you know they they kind of know what they're getting with the secondary, and I think they're gonna they're gonna really show that they're they're comfortable in the system. Yeah, I think Ball and Crawford are gonna be monsters this year. To be honest, I think they're gonna be. I mean, honestly, they're probably the two best players on IU's roster at their positions with, with the entire depth chart there. Um, one thing I will be watching on defense is the linebacker position, just because they lose Scales, they lose Covington. You know what are they gonna do there? And I think right now the starters are Raquan Jones and Damian Willis Jr. It's good that Willis came back for his fifth year because he is the by far the most experienced of that group. Uh, he's been with this defense for now five years. Um, so I think he's going to help them a lot. But I'm telling you, I think Raekwon Jones is a breakout candidate this year. And actually, if I had to pick one person on the roster to be a breakout guy this year. On the whole year, roster. On offense, the entire defense, roster. Special yeah, teams. Offense, defense, managers. wherever. I think Raekwon Jones might be that guy. Just because I remember at Big Ten Media Day, Jonathan Crawford, they asked Jonathan Crawford, who on defense has you know, made the biggest strides this offseason? He right away said Raekwon Jones. Um, so I think he's and he's a junior now. He's been behind Scales. He's been behind Covington. He's been he's been behind these guys already, um, learning. And now he's finally got his chance to kind of step up and be the leader at that linebacker position. So I think he could be somebody that could really stand out this year that people maybe aren't expecting. Yeah, and looking looking up front, like you mentioned. IU's got Jacob Robinson, who's you know kind of the unquestioned leader of the defensive lineman. They get Nal Sykes back after being hurt for basically all of last season. But who else can help this pass rush? Because it's something that's kind of steadily increased after Tom Allen's taken over control of the IU defense since 2015. But still, IU is you know kind of in the the bottom half of the Big Ten when it comes to having a sustainable pass rush. Right. If I think if Allen Stallings, um, if he takes that next step in his development. I think him and Sykes on that one side at the defensive end position, I think they could have a really nice one-two combo there of pass rushers. We didn't get to see a lot of Sykes last year. He was out for the year with an injury. Um, he suffered it in the offseason, right? Yeah, it was um, one of those that got kind of announced like right before the Ohio right. State game week. Right, so I think Sykes is going to be huge for this pass rush, and I think Stallings, like, like I said, if he takes that next step, I think you could see a really dangerous combo there. Yeah, uh, I agree, you know. Niall Sykes didn't, you know, obviously have the junior year that he wanted. Um, so he's going to have something to prove. And, you know, I've watched Jacob Robinson play from the stands, uh, and he's always looked like, a, you know, a, a solid defensive player back there. And I think they're going to really need him to sort of take a leap um, in the pass rushing category um, just because, you know, you lose guys like Greg Gooch on the outside that, that forgot about Greg you know, Gooch, honestly. Yeah. Could, uh, the, you know, they weren't the most consistent pass rushers, but they did provide something out there. So that that pass rush, I think, is probably going to be the most shaky part of, of IU's defense. Um, and, you know, if they want to help out that secondary at all, they're going to need to get to the quarterback. Right, and that's kind of been, like, par for the course for, like, yeah. IU teams just of recent history, too, where, like, the secondary has actually been relatively decent, but it's just the pass rush up front that's kind of been lacking for them. Uh, just to touch on special teams, we might as well round out the three units. The kicking battle has gone to one Logan Justice, a, a left-footed gentleman, <laughs> who can kick the football very far, apparently. And we got the freshman Charles Campbell slotted in at the second position. So he came in as a guy who participated in the uh, U.S. Army All-American game coming out of high school. But he's the backup kicker right now. Although I think Tom Allen said that we're going to see maybe both Justice and Campbell, just depending on what hash the ball is on with Justice being a left-footed kicker and Campbell being a righty. And then Hayden Whitehead back punting after a really excellent year that the uh, the Australian had last season. 
season with his little like kind of rugby style kick. Also a left footed gentleman who kicks the football. And then IU is going to be using um, uh, Jared Smoller, who is a transfer from Rutgers from two years ago as their lone kickoff guy. And Allen also said he may get a chance on some longer distance field goals, like something in the 50-plus range. So I guess gone are the days of the stability of Griffin Oaks and company, and now we have almost three kickers that IU fans can expect to see maybe on Saturday night. Yeah, I think we're going to see all of them. I mean, depending on the situation, I think we will see all of them. Um, Justice and Campbell are going to split time all year. Um, Smoller, he's, he's the kickoff guy. He's probably pretty much set there. Um, but another thing with the special teams that we didn't really talk about yet is the return game. Oh, yeah, because it was bad last year. Aside Kickoff from, return was Aside bad. from Jason Harris's punt returns, right. after he went away, it was mm-hmm. bad. Yep, very true. And now they have Harris back at, as punt returner. Um, I think there was a little bit of question just because if he was going to be there again as that starter just because no one really knew where he was injury-wise coming back from that. That was his third torn ACL, which right, like, is just like I probably can come back from a third ACL. I, could you tear. come could back you, from yeah, one? I don't think you could come back from. You one. couldn't I come could, back from could, stubbing your toe on a chair. <laughs> over here. You don't know. I've been through. I've, okay, like, I've, I've never right. been to war, but I've I've seen some things. I bet you have. Um, so <laughs> tell that to Jason Harris. Um, so yeah, Jason uh, Harris is back. That should really help their punt return game. It's yet to be seen. Kick return. Mike Majette is the starter there for right. week one. I don't really know anything about Majette as a returner. Uh, I don't really remember him much from last year. That, I mean, that tells you how you need to know right there. Yeah. Right, exactly. I yeah. just remember Devontae Williams. Yeah, right, exactly. who's now at Southeastern yards. Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, IU's longest kick return of the season last year was a whopping 31 yards by Devontae Williams against Virginia. Wow. So, yeah. so it, and, and IU's one of those teams, too, where if they can get some kind of an X factor going in the return game, that changes momentum of games. That could propel them to, you know, put them over the hump for an upset win or just to hold off, you know, kind of a mid game like Maryland from last year like the return game should be something that's actually of real importance to IU because it can make up for having you know moments of a stagnant offense or you know keeping the defense off the field a little bit extra longer or something like that yeah it's it's a way to sort of change the field position game right. uh, and, and we saw that with Jay Sean Harris when he was able to return punts he was he was a real weapon you know he had he had a few returns that that didn't go for touchdowns, but they were able to sort of flip the field position a little bit. And we never saw that from the kickoff game. It always felt like IU was starting from their own 20 or inside their own 20, which yeah. should never happen on a kickoff. So, you know, if they want to keep Peyton Ramsey out of the shadow of his own end zone, um, the the kickoff game, the kickoff return game needs to needs to get a lot better. Right, and something I just remember now is William Inge is IU's designated special teams coordinator this year, and it's the first time in, I believe, five or six or seven years IU actually has someone designated with the title of special teams coordinator because that used to just be kind of something that Tom Allen, you know, looked after and monitored, but now he's decided to move William Inge over from, strangely enough, linebacking. Like, he was a linebacker's coach, and now he's running IU's special well, teams. Those two go hand in hand. Well, so. Yeah, well, it's all football. <laughs> It's all football. At the it's end all of the football day. in a way. <laughs> so that's that's the way IU special teams is going to be kind of shaping up. So it's in a funny way. There's like actually consistency there, but at the same time, there's not a ton of not necessarily like there's not a lot of proven stuff there, especially in the kicking game where you have three new three brand new kickers who have never attempted a field goal in the collegiate game before. That's something that IU is probably going to have to watch out for to make sure that you know gets set right from the beginning because that could turn into a go from a strength of IU in the past couple years with Griffin Oaks to something that could be like a debilitating factor for them. I agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right then. So who wants to talk about Florida International? Anyone? Uh, anyone at all? Crickets. 
cricket noise. Can we put that in? <laughs> I'll try and I'll in edit, post-production. I'll, you know, there's a lot of crickets outside of my apartment that keep me for, from sleeping most nights, and I think uh, the other sports editor, Stefan Kreisnick, also has a cricket problem in his apartment. Hmm. So we could just get some sweet audio of crickets and then just drop it in right in front Go of that. It. You know what? I may just do it if I'm Bad. feeling bold. So for those who don't know, Florida International is a university. <laughs> is based in, uh, I believe, Miami, Florida. Florida. Is that, is that correct? Florida. Is that where we're going? I would hope we know where it is. You know what? I hope that we know where we're going to. It is a, uh, let's see here. They're a Division One football program. That's correct. In the East Division of Conference USA. I didn't. I thought Powerhouse. You, you were saying earlier they were in Conference USA, and I didn't believe it, actually. They, they actually are in Conference USA. I actually, I did not know that. They had, um, a, well, they had a pretty decent year last year, went 8-5 and five overall. No, with they, a, they had a good year last year. 5-3 and three conference record. Butch Davis is the head coach there, who is uh, formerly of North Carolina. Miami. I think coached the Browns for a bit too, among other stops. He made that mistake. <laughs> well, none of us have been foolish enough to get roped into the Browns' head coaching job quite, despite multiple phone, despite multiple phone calls and interest. <laughs> but yeah, I mean they were decent last year, five and three in conference play, eight and five overall. They did something that IU didn't, which was you know make a bowl game. They uh, got absolutely smacked in the Gasparilla Bowl. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. The Bad Boy Motors Gasparilla Bowl. Yep. Where they lost to the Temple Owls twenty-eight to three, and that was basically a home game for them too, because that game's played in uh, St. Pete, yeah, Tampa, St. Yeah. Pete at the at the Trop. It's that one with the terrible field and stuff. So they're coming off a bowl season, and uh, what do you, anyone want to tell me anything about Florida International? Well, they were ninetieth in SP Plus last year. That's not great. Um, they did lose their starting quarterback, which go. that could hurt them. Um, because that I think that was kind of their guy last year, Alex Alex Mago Magoo. I don't know how to say his name, but he was with the Seahawks actually this offseason. Oh, really? Noted Seahawks fan Murphy Wheeler. I, well, yeah, and I thought he was actually going to be their backup quarterback heading into this year, but he's not. Um, but he was he was a big part of their team last year, a big part of their offense, and they didn't they don't have him now. And I think quarterback is a big question mark for them. Um, so I I don't know what we'll see from them offensively. I know. They did have a running back from last year, um, Napoleon Maxwell, ran for quite a few yards. I think he was third on their team in you rushing last year. You just wanted to say year. the name Napoleon Maxwell. No, I, that's the only thing. I just wanted <laughs> to say there's a guy named Napoleon Maxwell on the team. Um, but just because there's not a lot of big names on this team, just because they're in Conference USA, doesn't mean they can't upset IU. Right. Um, this is a home game. IU is traveling for the first game of the year. There are still a lot of question marks for IU. So, I mean, anything is possible. Um, I think there's actually like a somewhat decent chance that IU could get upset. And they have to be ready to go. I mean, they have to because this is the season opener. And this could really dictate, you know, the feel of the beginning of the season for them. Um, So this is a big game, and it's a dangerous game that IU has to watch out for. Yeah, um, you did mention, though, they they are replacing a starting quarterback, and and that – could really play into the advantage of, of an IU mm-hmm. defense that you know doesn't really have a whole ton, a whole lot of identity yet, and you know that this group hasn't played together you know all that much. So you know going going into a game with an offense that could be going through a transitional phase of their own, that that could be just what the doctor ordered to get the season started off for the IU defense. Um, you know, obviously they got to come out ready to play. You know, Butch Davis knows what he's doing. So and and he'll have FIU ready for that game. So, you know, I I kind of agree with you that this is definitely a game where IU could sort of get caught slipping a little bit 
and uh, end up losing. But um, you know, if if they're if they're out and ready to play from the first kick of the ball, I think they'll be just fine. Right. I mean, we remember the the last time IU and FIU played because last year's game was supposed to be in Bloomington, canceled due to Hurricane Irma and how FIU couldn't travel safely to Indiana. But the last time these two teams met was in 2016, and it was also very similar circumstances. Season opener for both teams was a Friday night game in Miami, though, which IU won, I believe, 31 to 16 or something of that nature. Yeah, I just remember T. Gray Scales had a pick six. I think. Right, but that game IU was actually trailing entering the fourth quarter before. Where they kind of, I think, outscored them, I want to say 22 to nothing in the fourth quarter to make it like a seemingly comfortable victory. But it was a game where IU was kind of, you know, right on the fence there for three of the four quarters. It was 34 to 13. Actually. 34 to 13. So you were so. close. That was close. Does anyone want to take a guess what the, uh, what the current betting line is? How many points IU is favored by? Uh, 10 and a half, isn't it? I, yeah, I think I saw that it was around 10 and a half, 11. Yep, still at 10 and a half, IU, and the over under is at 55. So not a ton of points being scored, but that's like. It's a that's, decent amount. Yeah, yeah. But I was getting I feel like that's a That's, that's a, more than thirty four thirteen. Yeah. So Well that's math, so good job of doing yeah. math. I did it. You did math finally. I did math. I got some math wrong one time on an IDS podcast. It was quite embarrassing. Well you can tell your parents about this moment in history. Third grade worked out. <laughs> it finally paid off. <laughs> I feel like ten and a half is a little bit too generous for IU, given all the change and all that's happened recently. But I mean, it's probably about right for a Big Ten team going on the road to face a Conference USA team to start the season. All right, you want to do fourth and one now, guys? Let's do it. No one's gonna remember what this was because we've done one podcast with this <laughs> game so far, and Sean wasn't even here for it. So basically, what the idea of fourth and one is is there's one minute on the clock, and Sean has to answer four kind of rapid fireish questions. Oh boy! So you have like. You're, you're able to work in like maybe two or three sentences of response and uh, with each one, but you got to be on your toes about it. Feeling good? Ready? I, I'm feeling great. I knocked it out of the park last time. Thank <laughs> I, you very I, much. All the questions I asked you could be answered with like nouns, though, last time. Like, who's the starter? Brandon Dawkins. Will he play the whole season? Yes, no. Well, yes, no That's aren't nouns. That's not a noun, but okay. But yes and no aren't nouns. We know that now. But, like, uh, I'm struggling to think I would hope questions. you know that. Well, okay. Too bad I said Brandon Dawkins was going to be the starting quarterback <laughs> I also said time. that as well. So we're off, we're off to a great start. All right, so it's going to hit a next minute in six seconds, so I'll ask you. When I finish the first question, you have a minute to go. Okay. Right? I'm ready. Okay. Assess what Peyton Ramsey will do on Saturday night, good or bad performance, and a little specific. Good. I think he'll protect the football. I think he'll spread the ball out between different receivers, and I think he'll complete at least three passes longer than 25 yards. Who will be IU's leading receiver from the opening game? Uh, I think it'll be Nick Westbrook. I don't think he can be anybody else. He was the leading receiver two years ago, the last time he was healthy. So, Who is going to be the player who kind of shows you a little bit more than you were expecting on defense? Um, That's a tough one. I'm going to go with Niall Sykes. I think he he's a good candidate to get a couple sacks. Um, you know, go, Coming off of an injury, you're not always 100% sure what you're going to get, um, but I think he'll have an impressive first game. How will I use special teams, specifically the kicking game, do in – the opener in terms of field goals is that you run with it um well hopefully all the drives end up in the end zone so it's just extra points and kickoffs uh operating off that assumption i think they'll make all their extra points and have a few <laughs> touchbacks in there you know what? you finished with two seconds to spare wow. that's not too wow. bad wow i was gonna give you the softball score prediction question but i feel like we can just go and do a quick round table of that Let's so just do it. you go sean score uh, I'm going to say 
Well, I said we're only going to score touchdowns, so that narrows it down. I'm going to say 35 to 17. Yeah, you locked yourself into something with multiples of seven there. Yeah. So well, I made it easy on myself. But see, he knows how to do math. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I think you're the only one that has exhibited that hasn't exhibited. That's true. Well, math. Yeah. I so. exhibited lack of ge- geographical. I don't. I don't yep. know geography. I can do math. Okay. We literally talked about how you don't know geography last time. I know we didn't. Because we talked about atlases. You remember that? We talked about <laughs> atlases on the last episode. Yep. I'm not, I mean, We're not going to bring that up again. Anyway, <laughs> uh, his prediction is pretty close to mine. Um, I'm going to say 27-17. Okay, that's a little closer. Yeah. So difference would be you got IU covering at the moment. You don't have IU covering at the moment. Correct. Either way, that would be a, a solid start. I think I'm going to say yeah, 27-20. I think this is going to be a little bit tighter than the average bear thinks. I think IU's. I mean, IU kind of perpetually. Uh, last year, being the anomaly, has like a slow start in the opening game of the season. So I think IU will take a little bit to figure out. I think it'll take a little bit to get Peyton Ramsey a little bit comfortable right back in there. I think there may be some moving pieces. The running game may struggle a bit, but I think the keys are going to have to be Mike DeBoard and Mike Hart going to have to stick to the running game. They can't just go off and default to last year's option of having Lego and Ramsey throw it between forty-five to sixty-two times in the game and expect good things to happen. I think they're going to have to keep that balance. And I think IU's defense will play relatively well. I just think FIU are a little bit better than most people are thinking about. But we all seem to have IU like relatively comfortably getting through with the victory then. I think so, yeah. I think they'll get the victory. It may not be completely easy, but... Or the cleanest thing in yeah, the world. Yeah, you know, right, throwing a couple it. garbage time touchdowns. You never know what can yeah, happen. Yeah, right. So. So that's what we think will happen on Saturday night. And just to, uh, to, to wrap it up, we will be there on Saturday night because we are driving from Bloomington to Miami, which is 17 and a half hours straight. Road trip. A lot more with traffic and actual stops factored in, and that's a to and from trip as well. It's not like, well, maybe we may stay in Miami, actually. Just never come back. Just never come back. I think we're going to stay in Miami. We could, you know, run the football beat from a remote location. Yeah, or we, we could just do the Florida International football beat. <laughs> there you go. We have a season parking pass to Florida International <laughs> There we go. Games. We go to every game if we wanted to. So we're gonna we're gonna we're actually gonna transfer to Florida International. Join. I'm dropping out of school. Yeah, and I'm gonna sell. I told this to Cam. Yeah, you said this. We're gonna sell sunglasses on the beach. Um, We're gonna hunt alligators, and I forgot what the other thing we were gonna do in Florida is, but exactly. That's all you really need to know. Because the moment I start hunting alligators, it doesn't matter. <laughs> My life's over. So, honestly, don't mess with alligators, to be honest. Don't mess with them. Well, if anyone's – so we're dropping this podcast probably Wednesday night, Thursday morning. We're going to leave for our drive to Florida early Thursday afternoon, probably get there midday Florida. If you're listening and have any tips on how to survive being in Florida for two to three days – If you have any tips on hunting alligators, please, please send them our way. Know. Actually, um, if you do – if you are going to Florida – for this game, stay away from alligators. Correct. That's my <laughs> advice. I've always learned alligators are bad, but crocodiles are worse. Or I may have that backwards. I, I'm not sure. I think I they're both think unpleasant. I think, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you want to come into a stay away into from an encounter with either one of those. The uh, the Airbnb we're staying at is relatively closely located to three lakes, though. So. Maybe you shouldn't reveal like exactly where we're. Staying. Well, I yeah. said three lakes. <laughs> this this podcast has, has a lot of rabid fans. You, yeah. you never know. Of the 20 people who potentially may listen to this. If Yikes. you're going to Florida, we'd love to meet up with you. Sure. Yeah? Send us an email. <laughs> <laughs> because the most effective way to get in touch with anyone on this podcast who has a Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram would be to send us an email. Or message me on MySpace. <laughs> I think the fact to just start setting we're all going to be in a car with each other for a combined 35 to 40 hours 
over the next week or so, and it's going to be just an electric tractor. Over the next tractor. week? Over the next four days? True. Well, I mean, I'm, <laughs> yep. yeah, actually, yeah. Wow. That's going to be a lot of our lives spent inside a compact vehicle with one another. We'll see how it goes. In an ideal world, all three of us make it back. But <laughs> it, this is not an ideal <laughs> world. T- three, three men enter. One, two, a couple? That, well, that is two. Maybe none. TBC, yeah, none of us are going to come back, actually. We get stuck at a Waffle House in the middle of Georgia. There's worse places to be stuck at. For sure. <laughs> so that's our live for the next couple of days. We hope you'll tune in and follow our coverage. You can follow all of us on Twitter, Sean Mintert, Murphy Wheeler, Cameron Drummond. Follow IDS News and IDS underscore sports on Twitter as well. We're going to be live blogging the game. We'll have stories afterwards. We'll have video. We'll have audio. We'll have road trip content. We'll have... I'll take a picture of what I order at the Waffle House. We'll take a picture of an alligator if we end up hunting one. So, I mean, it's just going to be a wild night of just absolute content over the next 48 to 72 hours as we get you set for the Hoosiers taking on the Golden Panthers. There's really no reason for us to go to Miami. I can't stress that enough. But we're going to be— we're doing it. But we're doing it anyway because we love the content. That We do it for the content. Final thoughts, anyone, before we head off into the abyss here in less than 24 hours? Nope. No. All right, then. Thanks for listening, (laughs) and be sure to stay tuned for the next episode of the IDS IU Football Podcast. Thank you so much, and have a great day.